gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, what is happening? What is happening? This is your boy, Highlight Real, aka the Prince of Botch. We are in the house. Welcome to yet another episode of Life's a Botch Podcast, baby. And man, do we have a wonderful, awesome episode for you in store today. And uh, I got a couple of guests, actually, for today's episode. One is brand new to the show. And yet another one is a familiar voice that you guys know very, very well behind the scenes. So without further ado, before I actually introduce these two guests, I'm actually going to kind of talk on some wrestling topics real quick. Y'all know how we do. So I'm going to keep these real brief. And as you guys know, it's been a crazy situation. And here at Life's a Botch, we like to kind of entertain your ears. You're probably at home. You know, staying safe, staying quarantined, you know, with all that's going on in the world. We're trying to give you guys entertainment, keep you nice and knowledgeable, and keep your, your thoughts going so nobody's going crazy and insane right, right now and, and freaking out about what's going on in the world. So, as you guys know, in the wrestling industry right now, we've seen both AEW and WWE put on shows that are empty arena shows for you guys. And so, real quick, I'm just going to give some thoughts and opinions on what I felt about both shows. And uh, in the case of WWE, we've seen two shows from them, and we've seen one from AEW. Now, yesterday, AEW Live, their empty arena, but it wasn't completely empty. They actually had talent. Some of their talent, their rosters, you know, sitting out there in the crowd, pretty much interacting and giving you guys, you know, Sound you had MG, MJF actually out there, you know, uh, cheering on and, and and just being well, the typical hill guy that he really is at the same time. And what was so cool about it was the hills were on one side and the baby faces were on the opposite side of the arena. And uh, yeah, pr- pretty good. I mean, it really felt like an AEW type of show. I mean, it, it, it for a show that didn't have a crowd but yet did have a crowd, it didn't really feel like one of those empty arena-style shows. It just felt like a unique AEW type of production. Meanwhile, on the WWE side of things, we've seen twice how awkward the shows felt. You know, I mean, we saw Monday Night Raw, happy 316 day, belated to a lot of you guys who are probably celebrating 316 day. I know that must have felt kind of weird, having Stone Cold Steve Austin out there in the center of the ring, asking people to give him a hell yeah, the camera pans on empty chairs and looking into the camera screen. You can't tell me that didn't feel weird, given the fact of the iconicness of Stone Cold Steve Austin and how used we are to him coming out with a crowd roaring and and, and people just phenomenally enjoying drinking beer with him, you know, in the crowd, all kind of things. So WWE twice in a row gave you shows that, albeit you saw the lighting change, you saw... What you saw with the brands and everything, it didn't really quite feel like a show. It felt like they were just training, you know, or it felt like it just felt awkward. It felt weird. You know, you did your best to still respect it and salute because, you know, before AEW kind of demonstrated a different way of going about it, WWE was the first one to kind of show you what the NCAA was trying to show you and had planned to show you with the tournament uh, among the Golden State Warriors organization with the NBA game before the NBA decided to just go ahead and cut the season as a whole for right now. So 
it, 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 to see WWE do it first and see how it, how weird it is based off part of what makes WWE usually is the fan interaction. It was very, very weird, but we'll see how things go along. WrestleMania is supposedly still going on right now as we speak. It's supposed to be going on in the Performance Center. And recent reports have actually said that now they're splitting this off into two days to where it's going to be April 4th on Saturday and April 5th. So now instead of just one day, it's kind of broken down into a two-day kind of deal. On top of that, Rob Gronkowski, who's the recent signee of the WWE, is apparently going to be this year's WrestleMania host. Now, that sounds cool, yet weird, given the current situation. So... With no fans or no interaction, I don't exactly know how that's going to go, but that should be interesting to see. Uh, Rob Gronkowski definitely is an energetic kind of guy, so if they at least put some type of interaction into the crowd a little bit, you know, maybe have some staff members or maybe some wrestlers that don't really get much TV time or something, maybe we can make that work. But... Nonetheless, that pretty much does it for the news side of things. Uh, feel free to leave your comments, concerns. I'll uh, post some stuff up and, you know, ask you guys a poll of questions. And maybe, you know, we'll answer them on the next episode of the show. But don't want to keep my guests waiting. So without further ado, let me go ahead and first introduce a familiar guest that you guys know already to the show. Behind the scenes as well. He is a producer. He is a man of many titles and many hats. He is the owner and CEO of the OTS brand, as you know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Mr. Derek Myers, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well, bro. How you doing? Doing great, man. Welcome back for yet a third time to the Life's a Botch podcast. Hey, anytime, my brother. It's great to always have you on. And my second guest is brand new to the show. I met this gentleman at an Impact Wrestling event. The eight town beat down and uh caught up with him after the show, man, and definitely got to chop it up with him a little bit, man, and definitely had to bring him on board to the show. Got to check this brother's profile out, and this man is doing major, 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 major things and uh, a very, very hard worker, if I do say so myself. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for actually, let me kind of give you guys a brief resume before I even fully uh go into that because you know. We got to make sure that the fans get the resume real quick. So let's give his title when we say that this man is a creative director, a DP, photographer, content producer, and a fine artiste, if I do say so myself. Now, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Sky Wind. Sky, how are you doing, sir? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, man. That's such a warm welcome. I appreciate you. Hey, man, no problem. Welcome to the Life's a Botch podcast. We're here it's okay to make a mistake and botch a few times because that's what we highlight here on the show. You make mistakes here and there, and you how you capitalize on it, and it can only make you better from there. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank and, you. And uh, hey, no problem, brother. So, without further ado, as we get into today's show, go ahead and tell the people a little bit about yourself, right, real quickly. Uh, I'm a Georgia native. Uh, I was born in Augusta. I grew up in Atlanta. Um, I've been a wrestling fan for like my whole life. Uh, it's crazy. I, I was telling my mom I worked at Impact Wrestling um, the other week. And she was like, yo, even when they were kids, 
um, they would go to wrestling matches. That was like the thing for them to do. So it's kind of been one of those things. It's it's kind of in the blood. Um, I love art. Um, I've always been an artist. Um, right now, I'm a photographer, content producer. I work on TV shows, commercials. Um, I mean, a lot of cool different things. Um, concerts, sports, you name it. I've, I've kind of had my hand in it at some point. And uh, yeah, I just I just love to tell amazing stories and be a part of you know cool cool things that like this like this podcast. Oh man, that is awesome, brother. And and man, just going off of your resume here, uh, uh, from what I was seeing, I mean, you've done things from working with the Love and Hip Hop reunion. Uh, you, you worked on shows and did things like uh, BET Her Live and and man and and even helping write stuff and create content like about her business and, and, and just man it was just amazing just to see you especially I noticed that you have a lot of dope involvement with the women uh, and like you said sporting events working with like Atlanta United and and just so much man like your resume is incredible with what you do. Uh, working with the UFC on some things, man. So, uh, talk talk a little bit about to the listeners. Um, what is what got you into wanting to do what you do as far as you know fine arts and production and photography? What got you into those things? Well, I mean, um, I guess as a kid, you know, you watch TV shows and you know things like wrestling, things like Power Rangers. You know, I always knew I wanted to be in entertainment some type of way. And I think the first avenue is you think you want to be a performer. And for me, as I uh, found my way, you know, through football and different sports and singing and dancing and that kind of stuff, I really figured out that, like, the person or the people that kind of had control over the story were the ones that were behind the scenes. And you kind of had a way to be connected to everything if you worked on the production side versus um, just being talent. So I went to school for television production and kind of like melted all those skills together. So my understanding of um, performance art through my childhood and then my formal training through um, going to school and having the opportunity to work on just different shows and really just having the opportunity to be in unique spaces where I get to be in uh, kind of the same type of form where it's a small set or a closed set, and you get to be in a three, four, five, seven-person conversation with someone. You really get an opportunity to um, get a true viewpoint of how they see the world and, and connect with the world that they've been a part of. So it's been an amazing experience for me to be on and, you know, all the different types of shows. And it's taught me tremendously about uh, how to tell stories and how to connect with people and the importance of um, the story behind um, what it is that you want to make and, and what it is that you want to tell. So for me as a fine artist, uh, I get to work with um, a lot of amazing men and women. Um, I shoot fine art nudes and uh skylines and i sell them as uh fine art decor and prints mm -hmm. so you know through that journey you know i've got an opportunity to deal with um body positive imagery um deal with sensitive topics because i mean you know we think about you know any sport especially you know wrestling it's about image it's about feeling good about your body it's about 
being confident, being strong. So I get to kind of touch on all those things um, through the different avenues of production I work on. That is awesome, man. And and I, I totally agree with that in so many ways. Um, as a as a hip hop artist on my end, um, and just what you the type of stories that you can tell through the the form of music. But I love how with pretty much all of the arts, uh, from dance to film and photography, uh, I'm very very big on the arts in general. And and even with things, you know, from sports like pro wrestling and, and the NBA and football, even with those, there's a form of art in, in sports and just the, the type of stories that you see when you see a game that goes back and forth to the very end of, of the last second on the clock. Or, you know, in the case of a wrestling match, when you've seen a, a match go for like 30 to 45 minutes and, and it's gone down to the wire to where it's a who's who on who's going to take this victory. And, and then, you know, you see it and you're just like, wow, what an amazing story this feud or this match told, you know, to the fans and those who appreciate it in attendance. So let's actually talk about your time uh, recently at the Impact A-Town Beatdown event. Um, speaking as someone into production, what what was your experience like working ringside and 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 doing and experiencing what they experienced in the production world of wrestling oh my god it was amazing um i have to say it like this like the the six-year-old fan that sits on their bed and pretends that they're ringside like was fulfilled <laughs> being <laughs> ringside at that at that um show um i got to work um, with the camera that you know brought all the the acts on, all the wrestlers on. We were ringside for the fight, so literally we were in the match. Um, I literally got fell on a few times. Um, you getting to see them fall into the barricades or really take those hits. I mean, it's I mean it's it's amazing. It's it's nothing like it. Um, to be right there in the action and so, even in the camera, you know, you feel like you're taking the hit sometimes when you're. When you're <laughs> looking through the lens, it's, it's, it's an incredible experience. Um, it's also very, very physical and very active. We do as much, probably not the same, to the same, you know, physical level as the athletes, but mm -hmm. we're just as physical and it's just as intense for us because we have to be able to very quickly react and maneuver, keep things in focus and, you know, tell the story the way it needs to be told while evading uh, in, in making a safe environment for the wrestlers to perform. Man, that is amazing. So given that, and, and it always is because, um, what's so dope about a show like this and, and, and to those who listen to me on life's a botch podcast here, you know, what I like to try to do here on the show for, for you guys is give you an experience of pro wrestling related things and non pro wrestling related things and how we can relate the two together but more importantly, also, I want to show you guys things that you don't really get to see because too many times we glorify the talent, you know, and we see the wrestlers and, we, and we're, we're grateful for what we see. But a lot of times, uh, which is why I had to reach out to you about this, brother, because as we even spoke, uh, a lot of times people don't maybe appreciate enough what guys like yourself and Derek, what you guys do behind the scenes with 
a dope production, you know, because when you're watching WWE or Impact Wrestling or AEW and you see how the camera pans and different angles and the switch ups and, you know, and, and even with the wrestlers, I mean, Drew McIntyre talked about how when he was a rookie and how when he got called up to the main roster so quickly and how he was wrestling in a match and, and the referee was like, hey, look into the hard camera. And he's like, what's the hard camera? <laughs> you know, and the fact that when he learned what the hard camera was and just how important the hard camera is in production and how the wrestlers have to even know about that, you know, because as they're doing what they're doing, they're focused on their craft, but you still want to be able to cater to what you guys do so that you guys can capture the right action, the right facial expressions, the right imagery of what's going on in the ring and the storytelling. So what would you say, like, what did you learn from that, you know, with your experience now? Like, as you know, did it give you anything different as far as shooting wise uh, with your style and with your craft? Um, there's no show business without the show. I'll say that one thing. Mm. Um, for, for every piece of entertainment, you know, that we put in any type of broadcast, it, it's, it becomes about the show as much as it is, it is about the fans in the ring. And to your point earlier, when you talk about, um, how do you make a show that's so impactful to the fans that is based off the energy of the fans in the arena and not make it awkward, you know, when they're removed. I think that is all in telling of how you format your show. Um, one thing I learned in the experience of working with Impact um, was knowing when to take your time and knowing when to really pace out and, and watch the way a story progresses because you don't, much like football and, and other sports, you don't really know what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're typically looking over like a general area of field, but with wrestling, you don't specifically know where some of your wild cards are gonna come in. So if there's something coming from under you know, the ring, be it a, you know, a table or a person coming from, um, out of the stands. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there, there are these moments where, you know, the story is developing around you and you really just have to be able to um, determine, oh, do I, do I keep following the action that's happening right now or do I follow this, this person that's um, on the ground taking his breather because he might have this incredible moment for me. So it, it, it definitely um, gives you a sense of keep both eyes open. It's, it's follow what's happening, but try to pay attention to as much of the surrounding as you can because there, there's a incredible story that could be told um, sort of in the blink of an eye. Yes, yes, indeed, man. So, so tell me this then, um, because again, going back down your resume and how you've, you know, also done pro wrestling events, but now you've also done things like, again, working with Atlanta United and, and, and working with the UFC and other sporting events. Tell me, what is the difference in production from, and it's more specifically between, say, a UFC in the octagon versus an Impact Wrestling 
in the squared circle? What is the production and the angle and the shooting and the action shot and storytelling? What? How different are the two? Uh, um, honestly, they're not that much different. Um, the way you set it up and the way you build it, it's more so of how you format the time of the show, how many cameras you're using to, to set up the length of the story. So like, um, as an example, um, when you're bringing them to the ring, are you following them the entire way, walking them into the ring? Or are you using your two back of house cameras to kind of catch them from a distance? And you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, way, the way that you bring them on. Um, in some WrestleManias, like I was talking to um, one of my colleagues uh, I was working with at, at Turner, and he was saying um, at one WrestleMania, they brought Sting in and Sting came in on a helicopter. <laughs> wow. Right? So yeah. there, there were two helicopters for that. So he said there was the one Sting was in, and then there was the helicopter on top of that helicopter shooting down at Sting in the helicopter. So, oh. <laughs> you know, you think about that level of production, you know, is there RF, um, which is like wireless frequency or wireless signals going back to the truck, like, there, there are all these different ways. Are there pyrotechnics? You know, um, the way you tell the story is just a matter of you know how much um, importance maybe a match has, or the significance in who the the fighters are. Like, what's the story between the fighters? So I think it, that that's the big thing that you learn um, is how to develop the story around each individual match yes, and how to give each match that, that importance, that buzz, um, regardless of where that athlete is in their career. I think that, that was probably the bigger lesson. Um, as I'm retrospectively thinking back into my experience and then, you know, other conversations I've had with my colleagues and, and fans. Wow. That is amazing. And, um, it's dope because, I mean, even as, as, as like myself or anyone out there who is an aspiring producer or, you know, anything of that nature, and even just pulling back the curtain to some of those out there who probably don't pay as well of attention to the production side of sporting events to, to see and hear the terminology and understand like, wow, man, this, this is like really what goes on. Like, and you never notice that on the television screen because you don't see the magic behind what is actually being told in this story. And, and that's the beauty of production. That's the beauty of, like you said, telling a great story. And you already know that the talent in the ring is going to tell a great story to the best of their abilities as well. So when you have the production telling its story and the, and the art and the talent and telling theirs, it just makes for one great experience, one great you know experience for the live fans, and one great experience for the television show. And I will say, you know, it's it's uh, as a person um, both with Impact, WWE, and any other wrestling event, major wrestling event from promotions that are televised that I've been to, it is always such a, a different experience when you're there live and you actually watch firsthand what the cameramen and the camera women are doing on the stage and how they're getting ready to set up for a certain superstar's entrance or how they're getting ready to set up the ring, you know, for like when the lights are about to go out 
you know, and how quickly they're able to operate. Um, did you notice any of that even with Impact, like how quickly you had to move uh, when they were getting ready for the next entrance or if they were getting ready for the next match and things of that nature? Totally. I mean, it, it one, again, it's partially the energy of, of uh, each story, but also like with each character, because, you know, you, you know, you have somebody that will come out and they'll come in total darkness. Mm-hmm. They might come out total darkness and swift. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, before you know it, they're they're in the ring, and you're like, whoa, you know. So there's that that one aspect of um, what are they intending to do with this entrance? Are they intending to take the viewers off guard? Are they intending to take their opponent off guard? Are they setting a trap in the ring? Mm-hmm. You know, or are they going to come out and they're going to like. Um, as an example, Moose comes out and he's got his robe and he's got a microphone in his hand. He's strutting to the ring, <laughs> you know, looking yeah. beautiful. I'm a living legend. Look at yeah. me. Uh-huh. Beautiful. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and, you know, in that type of moment, you know, it's the lighting. It's, it's the it's the feeling of this is a bigger than life character yeah. and each each entrance has its own story that it's telling in that moment. Is there an urgency? Because, yo, there's this beef that's been boiling and I'm just ready to get to the match. You know, these these are all the things that you start to, I guess, you start to notice and you start to learn, you know, am, am I, am I going to try to, like, carry them on smooth and slow or am I going to, like, pinch my you know, pinch my angle so that it it feels like they're almost attacking the camera, attacking the audience. You know, if they're that that heel type of character. Yes, that is awesome, man. That is that is phenomenal. Uh, thing again, things that you know, a normal mind, you know, a, a mind of a regular fan or someone wouldn't really necessarily think of. You know, so again, this is you know, to all of my aspiring producers and filmmakers and television producers and writers out there who are, you know, soaking that knowledge in, you know, taking that into to as they're hearing Sky talk and, and hearing the terminology, the terminology and expressing the passion that he's mentioning as he's telling you guys about the art of what you're doing and how you're going to film it, how you're going to work with each character. You know, that's for you guys to really, truly see and, and, and hear it and, and take that in because it is very important that, Impact Wrestling, WWE, AEW, and and as well as some indie promotions as well. Even with the indie promotions that are online, there's some camera work with that as well. You can't have a great show, no matter what sport it is, from the NBA, the NFL, the MLS, anything. You cannot have a great show. You cannot have a great sporting event. You cannot have anything without dope production behind it and dope storytelling within that production would you guys agree on that most definitely like you 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 can tell when um when something is out of whack too like the the regular fan may not you know keep in mind what's going on but when you see like a, a a camera man that is not tracking the talent now all of a sudden it's like oh snap like what's going on like you know, when when the 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 great 
uh, uh, camera uh, camera workers and and PAs and all of those guys, the the real really good ones are the ones you you don't even pay attention to nope. because you're not you're not mindful of their presence because you're so caught up in the talent, and that's because they're doing a great job of tracking that talent. Yeah, you never even feel them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed never to. Feel yeah. Man, and I will say, honestly, just off of my experience of watching, you guys as producers, as those who work behind the scenes with cameras, man, so much respect goes out to you guys that much more, again, from seeing it live and just paying attention to detail. Um, it, it It's so much respect that goes into what you guys do because you guys are truly like some ninjas out there. Like, I can <laughs> I can see why they have you wear all black most times when you do production because you guys have that camera and I mean you're one minute you're here next thing you know zen like you just boom you're under the ring you're by the ring you're over here by the ring announcer you're over here at the top of the at the top of the Titan Tron like next thing you know it's like how did he or she get up there like wait a minute what just happened you know so man more props to you guys you guys are literally the ninjas of 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 pro wrestling of you know again pro sports uh no matter the sport no matter what it is you guys are like the ultimate ninjas i mean you almost rarely see you guys get caught on television that's the funny part yeah. every now and then you might catch a cameraman in the slight little corner you know you might see them in the corner here and there but most times especially if if the right cameraman is in the right angle. You will not see you guys at all unless you are live in person to see it. And man, props to you guys for that. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> one of the things that's um that I think that's cool too is is most people don't really think about it, but there's so many, you know, different types of jobs in production. You know, mm -hmm. we just think of the camera people, but I mean they're, you know, we won't be on this podcast without audio. You need audio people. You need graphics people. Yes. Um, there are so many different avenues uh, for editing. work that you could take. You know, editing, um, live playback. I mean, there there are just tons of uh, opportunities to use your technical prowess or to use your your knowledge of the sport. Um, you look at even like elite. As an example, E-League has become a huge thing, and, and now that's probably the only sport that's happening <laughs> because it's, it's, it's all games, you know, it's all, you know, online video gaming. But I mean, even, you know, working in that, that arena, you know, there's still a level of commentary. There's still um, needing the camera, the camera angles, be it the player at home saying yes when he gets the kill or whatever, as well as, you know, the match itself. So... Um, the importance of just appreciating all the aspects of production and, and knowing that on whatever level that you're, you're on or that you're working at, that you can still tell a story and that you still have the ability to produce something that people could potentially want to listen to. And, you know, that's a powerful thing in this time and in this space. Like, I commend you guys for using your voice. Mm. Um, one to just talk about something you're passionate about, but two to like, you know, get an opportunity for other people to share what they're interested in with you, and you know, share their points of view. Because I mean, we we need more of that connectivity. 
Amen. I mean, uh, and 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 you hear it here, folks. I mean, at the end of the day, we are one big happy unit around here. Okay, we have the best of every utility that makes one big old machine to entertain you guys, you guys out there who may not do what we do. We are here to entertain you, give you the means of the best visual that we can possibly give you. And for that, that's the beauty of all the things that we like to expose right here on Life's a Botch because you're not going to hear this anywhere else but here, people. You know, that's what we try to do over here on this side. You know, we try to expose some things for you guys. And like I said, there's a lot of you out there listening probably who are aspiring to do what we talk about. Maybe you want a podcast. Maybe you want to start your own production crew. Maybe you want to put on your own wrestling promotion or maybe stage a play or stage a movie, anything, anything and everything. And this is the knowledge and the nuggets for you to take that, make your note, write your vision and make it come to, you know, come to fruition. And speaking of vision, this question is actually for both of you guys. What would you say is the first step to a young filmmaker or production assistant or, you know, producer, writer, any of these, you know, there are so many titles in the production world to what you want to be, how, how you can be there. And as two brothers who grind heavily every single day in what you do, what would you tell the common listener out there who may want to get into this? You want you want to take a sky or you want me to go? You can go first. I've been talking okay. a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, well, one thing I would definitely say is, um, uh, especially for the younger ones coming up, put yourself mm-hmm. out there. Um, try and 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 connect with someone um, that is in the business, and 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 do the work. Like, not all jobs are going to be paid jobs. I think that was that was one of the first lessons that I really had to learn when I first started um, doing uh, doing media production was, you know, not everything's gonna be a paid thing, and and you should want to get that experience. Try and learn as much as you can, and act like you don't know anything, even if you do know it. Just just go in as an empty vessel and 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 grind. Like it, this is a grind, man. This is not a. This is not a, a something you can relax on. You just you have to grind on it. Um, I will definitely say that that you know being hungry. If it's something you want, you go for it. You know, even if it's a um, if other people look down on it, don't want to do it. That's fine. Do it. You know, um, especially if you're going to be a PA. Sometimes you have to as a PA. You have to do other things that people don't really want to do you know and even if you are a production assistant you might have to go and set up tables for um for snacks and 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 lunch and stuff like that you might have to go do that because uh you know everyone else is a little shorthanded uh, it just depends on what what it is um that's needed on the on the the production itself but go for it man not everybody can be in the spotlight you know that's that's one thing that that um uh, a lot of people don't pay attention to. I think some people are starting to pay more attention to it now, but that's not something that's the that's not the glory job. 
um, yeah. is 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 being behind the scenes. I love being behind the scenes. I don't like being seen, so <laughs> it, it works for me. I, I you know I'm I'm not I'm a, I'm an introvert, so it works. But um, just go for it, man. Like even if there are people that say anything, you know, I had I had guys that um, when I was fourteen, fifteen, that I was trying to get into things. Um, I think at that point I was trying to do graphic design. I knew nothing about it. All I knew was I knew how to draw. And I got torn down for not having the equipment that I should have, you know, um, which wasn't my fault. I just didn't know what I needed at the time. But, you know, instead of that guy actually mentoring me and helping me and teaching me what it is I needed to learn, he tore me down, you know. So gravitate toward those people that will build you up and, and, and encourage you and, and take constructive criticism. You know, not everything is uh, is an insult or is not a personal jab toward you. It's something to help you grow. I think the, the more that, that you can uh, not take things personal, the better you'll be able to um, to be in the industry. And I think the more you'll be able to get. Wow. That's yeah. definitely. Uh, Sky, do you want to pitch in um, and, and piggyback off of that? Yeah. I mean, that. A lot of that was great stuff. Um, I would say when you come into uh, this situation, um, production isn't really an easy career. Uh, there are a lot of ups and downs that come with it. You want to do it because you're passionate about it, not for the likes. Because the likes and... The, the sales and all that stuff that comes later and it, it's fleeting like you can work on shows for a long time or you can work on shows for a short time um, I think the reality of anyone that wants to get into this understand that no experience is wasted so regardless of what you want to do today or what you think you want to do today don't not take the lesson like take whatever the lesson is and learn it and do that job well because this industry is built more on relationships as well as the knowledge you accumulate who you are today may not be whom you are tomorrow some people will choose to see you a certain way but that's how they choose to see you that has nothing to do with you you have to be vigilant about staying on top of yourself and your goals and your business because no one else will do that for you in this type of industry. It's very much about um, the way you really choose to govern yourself and how, how far you strive to, to achieve the goal whatever that goal is. I'm not saying that there won't be roadblocks because there will be. I'm not saying there won't be rough patches. Like right now, this you know production is affected. I can't do shows. Literally everything I had on my calendar stopped for the corona. So that's a huge setback in time and resources and all that. Things like this happen. Um, so you just have to be aware and cognizant that things aren't always going to go as planned. It's not like having a nine to five. Um, and just um, stay humble, stay faithful, and continue to work at your craft every day in some type of way. Amen. 
Amen. And, and look, the hours that, that go into doing this, if you if you don't have the, the willpower to um to stick it out, don't don't even start it. Because it is countless yeah. hours, like even um, on production sets, if you, you can you can be on production sets anywhere between 10 to 16 hours at a clip. You know, it's yeah. not it's not a it's not a nine to five. You don't you don't clock out. You know, it's just when whenever it gets done, it gets done. You know, same thing with editing. It's not a <laughs> it's not a set time. You could be behind a computer for hours. You know, it's just, hey, about the, it's just about the grind. If you're willing to do it, if you're willing, if you have that willpower, if you're willing to, to, to go for it, then go for it. And, you know, that's the common theme right there is grind and working hard at the end of the day, whether you are looking to be a pro wrestler, whether you are looking to be a musical artist, a production assistant, head producer, editor writer anything people you have to grind and at the end of the day that is the common theme which i thank both of you brothers for giving beautiful explanations on that and i feel like it has truly helped someone either stay encouraged or get motivated to really really pursue what you gentlemen do and what you do oh so well and sky you mentioned uh, even with this corona situation and how it has affected uh, really everyone in a way that, you know, from the wrestling talent right now and how they're affected by this, the, the fan who wants to support the wrestling talent, um, you know, the production people as well who, who help do the work. I mean, because like you mentioned, like if you're independent with it right now, if you don't work for a, a AEW or a WWE uh, or or something of that nature, you know, it's it's affecting you right now, you know, and it's you know it's it's definitely tough to do. But even in a situation like this, uh, for both of you brothers, what is the best thing you can do right now? Oh, um, with going through this this uh, downtime. Exactly. Like, should this be taking time to, say, for example, perfect your craft and maybe work on some stuff on Premiere Pro, mm -hmm. uh, you know, write out some scripts? I mean, what, what would you guys say or some... Because even with something like this, it never really truly stops an artist, you know? It may stop you financially for the moment, but what is something... There's always something to stay productive. So what would you say to someone sitting at home right now and not having anything to do. Because again, for example, with an athlete, you know, um, I've seen on Instagram where a lot of pro wrestlers, you know, with the gyms closing, they were like, hey, yeah, the gyms are closed, but guess what? I still can work out from home and I'll show you guys some at-home at workouts that you can do where you don't even need a gym and you're good to go. You know, finding ways to stay in shape and stay productive. So, you know, in the production world, what can someone do in their field to stay productive and, you know, so that when things clear over, they're able to put themselves out there that much harder and that much more? Um, I'm going to say as an athlete, I never use a gym, hardly ever. So <laughs> it's, totally, it's totally possible. Yes. Uh, and, I, and I believe in it. Um, 
I also believe it entirely depends on your skill set and your goals. I mean, for me as a creator, it's it's time for me to sit down and make my next wave of things, um, work out my next wave of projects. Um, for someone who is more skill oriented, it could be sitting and watching tutorials so that they can get a hard skill or build onto a skill that they already have. If you design, learn how to animate, or you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's a different different levels of progression of, of your knowledge in softwares. Yes. Um, if you're a technical person, like you physically have equipment, or even if you don't, you know, you can learn how to light or you can learn how to see light or navigate it that way. Um, if it's somebody with a skill set, you could do a, a tutorial for someone. I mean, there there are a lot of ways that you can um, creatively and natively use your skill sets. Um, you just have to make a decision about what's important to you and what's on the path that you want to go and be decisive and move forward. All right. Derek, would you like to chime in on that? Yeah, man. Um, shoot, I think there's a lot that you can do in this downtime. Um, like what we're doing right now, recording an episode. You know, I, I think if you're a writer, I think if you're um, an editor, you know, it, like I'm an editor. So one thing that I like to do is, you know, I try to figure out different, if see if there's new, um, you know, shortcuts that I can I can learn. Um, uh, different tweaks that I can do to, to make the sound, you know, clear, more clear, or the, the video to look a little sharper in different areas. Um, uh, as a writer, just sit down and write, you know, that, that's, um, there's a lot of stuff, uh, like Sky said, you know, if, if, it's, if you're more skill oriented, you just have to figure out how to, you know, hone your skills to make yourself more, um, uh, more of an asset on productions, you know, because a lot of times with these productions, your ability to to work um, um, work fast and and be precise in your work is a commodity. You know, you can get more projects under your belt just just based off of uh, speed and accuracy. So if you can do stuff like that, if you can hone your skills and, and, and try try to learn different shortcuts with editing or um, different software that you can use um, when, when doing animation and stuff like that, do it. Do it. What, what, else, what else are you going to do at this point? There's nothing else to do. You know, everything is shutting down. <laughs> so, do <laughs> you know, make yourself an asset. Yeah. Man, and that couldn't be said any any better, folks. Just do it. Nike style, baby. Just do it. <laughs> Literally. Don't let corona be an excuse to not perfect craft that you have for anything that you do. Anything. There's a lot of stuff you can do at home. Again, myself as a podcaster and as a musical artist, I'm here making songs every day. And I'm here doing podcasts just to continue to please the audience, give you guys gems and jewels to listen to and be entertained because that's what we do. And 
what would I be like if I was just sitting at home panicking all day? You know, that wouldn't be any fun. We got to give you guys complete, utter fun and experience. So that being said, let's go ahead and go into the entertainment portion of the show, which is definitely one of my favorites. And this is unique because I've got two guests on the show. So now we're going to give you guys your favorite, favorite segment that we like to call Babyface or Heel. And this one's going to be unique because this is a production-oriented type of show. So I took a lot of topics that are production-related, and I was like, okay, well, let's see with my two ace producers here. Let's see uh, which one's going to go babyface, which one's going to go heel. Are they both going to be a babyface? Are they both going to be heels? Or will we have a contradiction here? Let's find out as we go along, folks. Gentlemen, are you ready? Yes, sir. Action on you. All right. So for my first baby face or heel topic, I have here movies who make more than three sequels. Uh, Gentlemen, are you going baby face or are you going heel on this subject? Uh, I'm going to go heel. Um, <laughs> let, me t- let me give you an example, okay? And it's probably the best one you come out with today. Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be that one. That series, it. man, I, I I was a big fan of it. Um, and much like much like WWE, when Eddie Guerrero mm-hmm. died, when Chris Benoit died, you know, mm-hmm. the product dropped significantly. When Paul Walker died, the product dropped significantly. It even I I would even go as far as to say his last one I think was a uh, Fast Fast and Furious Seven. That mm-hmm. was to me that was even a little shaky at times, um, but it was probably so good because that was his last film that he made. So I think that's probably where where it was. I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of of a lot of films in a series now unless it's done well. You know, a lot of, a lot of times now movies are just shot and 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 sent out like um they don't really create a story that's worth watching. And and that's that's been my issue with Fast Fast and Furious. Now they're postponed until next year, which makes no sense cuz you know, a lot of movies are being postponed for like maybe a month or two because of the coronavirus. They they've postponed it for another year. I think they had some stuff that was on that film that just um they had to reshoot because that thing is you can't you can't say that postponed for a year is gonna you know it's because of the coronavirus i'm not buying that uh, well i mean they shoot on a lot of locations they do they do i'm still so... not buying it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not buying it but <laughs> i've been skeptical skeptical about that series forever and they're, and they're talking about you know the 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 10th the film being a two-parter like so, now we're gonna have this series I mean, drawn out till when two thousand twenty five something. It's like that? a cash, it's it's a cash cow. It's like it okay, it's at it's at James Bond level now. Okay, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Except, <laughs> except, <laughs> except it. It's it's not a cult film anymore. It's no. it's a James Bond. Yeah. You're okay. not cool anymore, bro. You're yeah. not. I mean. <laughs> 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 um, 
I'm gonna go heel as well, but I'm gonna go from my love of comics and fantasy stuff, and yeah. I just feel like, dude, it's already written and storyboarded. Why can't y'all do a series of movies that makes <laughs> sense? Yeah, come on, come on, man, come on, bring that out, emphasize that thing. Let's go. It's already written and storyboarded well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Help me help you make the movie by just making the story that works. Like, they do these weird things where they, like, try to change the character for no reason. Like, Miss Marvel hurt my head. <laughs> I like Spider. I like Spider Man Away from Home. That's probably one of the only <laughs> Far Away from Home. That's probably one of the only ones. Like they've redone Spider Man a thousand times. And it's like the only one that I still like. I like it. Um, but yeah, don't convolute the characters. Make it real nice and simple the way it is. In the book, even though I know there's a thousand versions of the books, seal it and package it. It's there for you. It'll be amazing. I'm a heel. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have our first segment with dual heels. So it sounds like my brothers are tag teams right now in this situation. So hey, we got man. a tag team heel on the works, baby. I've always uh -oh. been, I've always been partial to the heel, man. That, that's always been my favorite. <laughs> Everybody loves the heel, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, life's a botch. That's what I love about this segment. So let's go on to the next one in this segment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to my fellow producers, movies made based off of books or video games, speaking of which. So, mm, okay. Go ahead and uh, take this one, gentlemen. Are you going babyface or heel? <sighs> I love it. I'm. Gonna, I guess I'm gonna go go face on it. I love it um, when it's done right. Um, I think part of what Sky was talking about earlier was, um, you know, some guys not sticking to what was there, and mm -hmm. and and you know, going way far off from what the character actually was. I think that's been mm -hmm. the issue that DC has had uh, with their films um, because they don't know how to stick to the script. You know, now their, their, their TV show is perfect. I, I, I've, I've said for years, I think if the, the writers for the animated films and even the writers for uh, the Gotham series, if they came together and created the films for DC, I think DC would be in a far better place. Because um, they know mm. they know how to develop characters properly. Um, that's been my issue with DC. There's no character development. Um, so when it's done right, I'm for it. I'm I'm here for it. I love seeing movies adapted from books, comic books, whatever. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, so I want to I, I want to see more, but I want to I want to uh, I want to see them stay true to the character and what the author um, intended for the audience to to see all right brother sky what are we going here baby face or heel for you on this one son uh i'm gonna baby face but i'm gonna rant 
So okay. let's go. Let's go. Life's a bunch, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so for the record, DC animated has always been the shit. Their yes. movies are tough. Yes. Their movies are their movies are like tough steak to Yes. Like you need a lot of A1s for those movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta love it. Marvel's been the exact opposite. Marvel makes decent movies, but their animated is like weak to me. Yes, I will agree with that. And what I can say is even um oh my god, like Watchmen. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen Watchmen on HBO. Dope. Love it. Love it. What I what I what I love is that so many good stories are being told and for the generation of comic book geeks that grew up in like the 90s 2000s like i remember my teacher said there was no literary value in comics and literally they're everywhere now um (laughs) it's amazing yeah (laughs) it's amazing to see that um no matter what genre you look at there's a comic there's a there's a a story book that's being adapted to film or television and it shows that um, imagination and fantasy and, and you know that type of stuff isn't just a kid's genre. You can you can make that for all ages and all spaces, and it'd be cool. So I think that's one thing that's great about um, that being pushed more to the forefront. Man, wow! And uh, okay, that definitely means you guys are. St- Still tag teaming and are on the same page. I'm loving this, gentlemen. Y'all are flowing very smoothly. And before we go on to the next question in this segment, I just got to, as the host, I I rarely do this, but I I couldn't help but notice Guy mentioned a teacher of his in the past that said comics weren't illiterate. What kind of (laughs) numb-nutted, knuckle-headed teacher, sir or ma'am, what were you thinking? Please slap yourself for thinking this thought because, man... Look, like you said, they are everywhere. Where would you get this nonsense from? Yo, it was crazy. Like, you gotta think at that time, at that time period, you know, they think like Shakespeare and all that stuff is like real, yeah, you know, real literary content. But I'm like, you get more doctors and scientists out of comic books than you get in any other story or <laughs> you read. <laughs> You do. Literally, literally three fourths of your comic community are some type of doctors, scientists that mm-hmm. have either royally fucked something up, <laughs> yeah, or found something amazing. One this of the two. This is true, uh, and I mean the same case can be said for the video game world and video game community as well. Because for my gamers out there, you guys know it's the same case. Gaming is everywhere now. And there was a point in time where they said it wasn't going to make you any money. It wasn't going to get you anywhere. Man. Look at it now. I Don't wish I didn't love- Man, <laughs> I, was, um, I was working um, E-League Street Fighter V. Uh-huh. Oh. And, I saw, and I saw what the pot was, and I was like, yo. Yeah. I'm literally on the wrong side of this right now. I'm exactly. on the wrong side of history. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Look, we... we, we we can all agree, and 
unison on that note that yeah. had we all stuck to our gaming ways as we did as kids, I guarantee you right now, we would have that big major bag. And guess what, folks? <laughs> Corona wouldn't stop it because it's digital. So we'd still be good right now. But hey, I resent that. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We That's what kids are for. So as we become fathers, trust you me, we know what to train them in. Very much so. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> now, that being said, let's go on to our next topic in this here segment. Low budget music videos made oh. by artists. For you indie artists out there that are doing this, oh. I had to do it. I had to do it. So, my fellow producers, to the indie artists out there that make low-budget music videos to promote their brand, I must admit, are you going babyface or heel on this particular topic? Go. Heel. Heel. <laughs> heel. <laughs> it annoys the we hell out of me. We could tell by now. the reaction. We could tell by the reaction it was coming. Yes. It annoys the hell out of me, man. I, I, that is one thing. I, now here's the thing, I get um, uh, artists sometimes don't have the budget for you know big production crews, so I'm not I'm not slamming those type of artists, but man, like it doesn't take much to, if if you are gonna have a low budget film a, a low budget music video, just you know use your cell phone and go to well lit area and and the the camera doesn't have to be shaking all the time. You don't have to always be uh, 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 pushing in, pulling out on, on the camera. It, it's, it doesn't have to always be so much, and then you're always doing it in, in a in a food court. Like that's that's what I don't like. You know, have someone that knows what they're doing. You know, pay them a couple hundred dollars if that's what it is, and and let them do their their thing. You know, the the editing doesn't have to be crazy either. Just but just. Get someone that knows what they're doing. I, I now and and I hate I hate saying this because I am so against shooting film. I mean, shooting uh, anything on on phones. I hate it because everyone that has a phone thinks they are now a cinematographer or a photographer. And working and doing both myself, that I hate with the utmost. I like it. It it boils my blood. I hate it. But I get it if you have a low budget. So if you have a low budget, just have someone that knows what they're doing, know how to operate the camera. Just, you know, make it look good. I've seen Porsche commercials shot with an iPhone, so it's not like it's it's impossible. But, you know, get someone that knows what they're doing. Get Just just getting your next-door neighbor that, that, you know, isn't doing anything but smoking weed under their porch, you know. <sighs> Just getting them to shoot it, you know, they don't necessarily know what they're doing. Get someone that knows what they're doing. Like, like we can work with you. It doesn't have to always be a, a huge budget. I don't have to always get paid 1500 to shoot this, that, and the other. I can work with you on things. But, my God. That, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that annoys the hell out of me, man. <laughs> ah, yes. Well expected. And Derek yet again comes through with the clutch on the heel side. So that leads me to my next guest. Brother Sky, which direction are you going, my friend? Will you go baby face or will you go heel on this particular subject? I'm going to go heel, but my rant is going to be a little different. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> so I get it. There. I mean, okay. I'm gonna be real. Music videos are tough. Yes. Um, low low budget music videos are tough. Working with new artists is tough. Yes. Um, low budget, no budget doesn't mean no money. Doesn't mean no production value. Yes. Doesn't mean no concept. So when you approach these situations, when you're coming with your new music, have an idea. Something, um, a production time that we like to use is something called a treatment. Uh, come with an idea. Come with something creative. Um, come with something like uh, props or materials. You know, something that, that's tangible that you can actually use to make your project interesting. And that may help you. Um, when working with a professional, please understand they're a professional. Um, most I live in Atlanta, so a lot of people say that they do what I do, but they don't actually do what I do. Um, and that's not come on. That's not shade. There's just so many levels to this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but please just respect when you're talking to a professional, you're working with a professional, they deal with a lot of time and they deal with a lot of variables and equipment and softwares and hard skills so appreciate that they need to be compensated for their time um exactly but with all that come with the idea come with good energy uh, um have a concept that's more than just the same concept you know what the same concept is you in front of your car you in front of the mall you at the house like come with something that's tangible that's interesting tell your story and you know make the situation a comfortable easy fun situation for somebody to want to work with you on um but i would say yeah i'm gonna be a heel but that's a way that we can change he- heels to anti-heroes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I love what you did with that spin, sir. Yes. That was nice. That was nice. So a couple more of these for you, gentlemen, and then we'll wrap it up with the final segment that's going to definitely be unique on this one. Um, so right here I have, you know, it's funny that Derek mentioned this earlier when he went heel on this last subject. So let's continue that. And I want to say, are you guys going to go babyface or heel on social media skits that are done off of the cell phone? Yes, for you fellow TikTokers, you Snapchatters, you Instagrammers, and all of you social media people who too, who tend to do these uh, skits where it's you versus you with the wig on and your different uh, edit and cuts that you do, and well, today's new form of comedy, if you will. What do you gentlemen have to say about that? Where are you going, babyface or heel on on that in today? I would say babyface. Overall, I think that again shows like what level of creativity you have with with the tools that you have at your disposal. So I think there are some people that are doing some hilarious, hilarious things 
um, with those simple, simple resources. So I think overall, I think it's good. Of course, there's gonna be some corny stuff. Of course, you gotta filter through the trash. But <laughs> um, for what it is, I think I think you get some cool stuff out of there. Okay, brother Derek, how about you, my friend? Which way are you going, babyface or heel? I'm actually going babyface on this. I enjoy these. Um, now, like Sky said, there are trash uh, uh, skits out there, but um, one of my favorites um, is from uh, Demetrius Harmon. I'm not sure if you guys know who he is. Um, okay. But uh, he, he does one, uh, he does skits with, with his friend. Um, it's just the two of them, cell phone, and they kill it. Uh, so when it's done, when it's done well, it, it's it's it can be enjoyable. I I do like those little things. So those little skits, one minute, one to three minute skits. Those are those are really good to see. So I, I like them. I actually don't have any issues with those. They oh, they right. actually, they actually show the 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 rappers who have low to no budgets what you can actually do. And how it looked mm-hmm. look good because these skits actually look better than some of these music videos, which is sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Pathetic. That is wow, wow. Yeah, but that that's creativity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And as creatives, I think I think we can uh, enjoy seeing someone that is a creative operate in their in their wheelhouse and i when, when i see things like that that's dope to me love it mm-hmm. even if it's not even if it's not you you had this moment where you're like huh i get it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they they there's there's a thing there they thought about that that's mm-hmm. cool yeah <laughs> you know you, they, they yeah. actually do the work like what you were talking about with the storyboarding like they actually do that some of them do. Some might not, but the ones that that are actually really funny, most of the time they actually they actually do that. So they're doing the work behind the scenes. It's not just taking a phone and shooting. You know, they're actually planning on how to do it, and you can see how the finished product how how it comes out. It's beautiful. You know who does a great job of that? The dance community. Yes. Yes. Like the hip, like. Um, I got to shout out my homie um, Bam the Dancer but like they they do so good at like making short videos of dances and mm-hmm. short skits and, and you know what I'm saying that like freestyles and that kind of stuff I think they, they do a really good job of yeah. um, like telling quick stories yeah. and making interesting spots yes. so I mean yeah it's, it's a lot of cool ways you can use that Wow, man, you gentlemen, that that you you heard it. I mean, this 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 is definitely you guys are are sinking very 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 well. By the way, I mean, you guys are a living breathing tag team right now with this production. <laughs> like, I mean, I haven't seen this before. It's the first time in history. I mean, you guys are making history on this show today. I hope you realize that because much like my last episode, shout out to Vinny. If you guys haven't heard that episode. <laughs> Be sure you go and listen to the last episode before this one with Vinny because he definitely made history going back to back babyface 
on topics when normally everybody <laughs> likes to be the heel. But you guys, you guys are sinking well. Like, literally, if you're going to both be heels, you're both heels. If you're both babyface, you're both babyface. Like, there hasn't been a turn from either one of you gentlemen yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. I'm loving it right now. Usually, somewhere in a good tag team, you know, that's flowing, at some point, they split those tag teams up. One tends to make a turn, and then before you know it, it's a rivalry right there. But you guys, man, you're sinking. That being said, let's go to the, like I said, we got about two more for this one, and then we'll move on. What do you guys say about TV shows that are canceled before they have a chance to really get started? Are you guys going babyface, or are you going heel on that particular subject? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that depends on the show. I need show references. Yeah. yeah, me too. So let's take a show like, oh, I don't know, The Swamp Thing on the DC Universe, for example. You guys know about The Swamp Thing and how that show, I believe, only had like one episode and it was cut literally <laughs> after one episode. Didn't even really get a full chance to shine, you know? Yeah, little, little shows like that. Um, Man, you know, just... Man, there were so many shows. It, it's almost <laughs> tough to really think. I mean, that's kind of like a, a common one. Um, but you have, you, you know, there have been shows out there that literally have gone maybe one season. Uh, there was a show, I got a throwback show for you guys, like a show like My Brother and Me from back in the Nickelodeon days. That show, <laughs> I never even knew, only went one season. I never knew I that was a one-season show. <laughs> so you see what I mean? You look back on it, and you're like, man, that was a classic slept-on Nickelodeon show back then. But it only went one season. So, you know, those are the type of things where it's like, okay, you have shows like Saved by the Bell, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Martin, so many shows that go multitudes of seasons. And then you're like, why did this show only get one season? I don't get um, it. I think it's funny you mentioned my brother and me because I just found out Amanda Seals is on that, and oh I think I think I, I was more shocked that Amanda Seals was on it. <laughs> but oh man, but, um, I'm gonna keep that to myself. <laughs> no, I love Amanda Seals. It was just one that I was like, Do damn, you? she's on that show. Yeah, I mean, I love her. I'm a, I'm a super fan. Yeah. But it was just, it was one that I was like, damn, she's been around that long. Like that was, you know, forever ago. But yeah. um, I would say for the shows you mentioned, because I saw like four episodes of Swamp Thing, it was okay. Um, I'm gonna go heal. I feel like there needs to be a certain level of uh, action that you need to draw me in. I don't want to wait two seasons to get into your show. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go heel on that, too. Because some shows just need to be canceled. Some shows don't. <laughs> some shows should never even have been uh, greenlit, to be honest. Um, right. So yeah. that I think when you see a lot of those shows get canceled like that, those are those projects that should never have just been. They, they should have just been pitched. That, that, that doesn't even... It doesn't make sense for them to even waste their time on a pilot sometimes. Um, and on the flip, there's there's the other side of that, where there's shows that you have to take that risk on. I mean, you think mm-hmm. about like Def Comedy Jam yes. or uh, um, back in the day with uh, Richard Pryor's show. They were on, yes. they were greenlit by week. 
you know yeah. what I'm saying? That you know, in, in that type of situation, because they didn't believe in it. So, on on the other hand, I do feel like a show should get a season to figure it out, but I don't think that should be in the first two three episodes cut before the legs get to grow. You know what I mean? I think that's. Yeah. But I think that that goes into who you have as a cast, who you have as a cast, who's a director, all of that I think plays into it as well, um, because if there's not good chemistry on set, it's not going to be a good product. So I wouldn't want to see it anyway. If it's if, yeah, if, but if it's not good, I get that. But imagine like the first flow. Hmm. Uh-oh. Painfully slow. <laughs> oh, now we're getting somewhere. Painfully okay. slow. Okay? <laughs> if you didn't get through the first three episodes, you would have never got to all the shit with Joffrey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well. Wow. <laughs> so, so, so you, you, wait, you really thought Game of Thrones was slow? Them first three episodes, yes. Okay. Um, like they, old, they like had me. At the, slow. Yeah, they they had me at the the end of the first episode. Mm. For for those that for those that have not watched it, I don't want to ruin it. But once that when that when that happened at the end of the very first episode, I was pissed. They 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 grabbed me with just that one action. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I was hooked into the character, thinking, "Oh, homie's gonna be around for at least." Two seasons, like two, three seasons. Nope. Nope. Eh. That so that 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 got me. That drew me just because I want to know why, you know. Um, now the last season, we can argue whether that that should have been done or not. But I mean that that's neither here nor there. We're talking about <laughs> the first three episodes of the first season. That's we. That's the subject. So. If shows get their legs cut before they get the chance yeah. to really like push into the development of the story, I think that sucks. No, that but I, agree with I think that. I think you need a season, you know, a legitimate season to work with it. Because I, I mean, like Swamp Thing wasn't bad. I think it's an obscure character. It's kind of like Doom Patrol. You don't really have a cult following. I mean, there are people that know the character that you know like it, but you don't really have a super cult following for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Poison Ivy would have had an easier show than Swamp Thing if we're gonna be, if we wanted to do something with the plants, with the eco, you know what I'm saying, on yeah. on the DC terms. Yeah. Okay. You know, that would have been an easier sale than, than Swamp Thing, but Swamp Thing wasn't a bad show. I just think it was a little too slow building that character and what he was about <laughs> for it to matter to our audience, especially when you've got Titans. Titans is one of them shows. I mean, Titans came out like, oh, with the shit quick. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This ain't Teen Titans. This ain't Titans Go. This is Titans. (laughs) This is a whole nother... They came out with a whole nother attitude. So, when you look at the speed of that versus Swamp Thing, of course that would get cut. Mm, okay, so I have a question for both of you since we're still on that subject. Another show that, that came to mind actually was Batwoman and how I read how that show wasn't doing too well and it's only in its first season. 
what would you say? Did any part of that show gravitate you guys from any episode or all episodes you might have caught? Nope. It was a spinoff of a spinoff, and it was kind of... It has good moments, but it was also kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thought I kind of got from that a little bit, too. I tried to give it a shot, and it just wasn't gravitating. Too much reference to Batman and then not showing Batman and then kind of like, oh, oh, Batman is back, but the bat is curvy. It's like, <laughs> no, that's not how you do it. No, you don't. Yeah. No. So... I, I, yeah, I, I, that was definitely a no for me uh, with that show. And and like I said, we we already emphasized DC does a great job with shows, but Batwoman's definitely a miss for me on that because it was like, oh, no, nah, not doing it. Sorry. Well, they sort of had two different universes going, and I think that's what's weird about it because the Gotham doesn't fit with the Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Batwoman mm-hmm. League of... You know what I'm saying? It doesn't fit with that whole world they're building. Yeah. So it's like they, they've they never actually introduced Batman, but you got to Batwoman. So they're having a hard time like keeping those stories separate. Like, I feel like is what the issue is. And we know how Derek feels because all he needed to say was nope. We know exactly what to go. Yeah. So, that being said, uh, my final my final question in this segment for you guys um, is movies with horrible soundtracks. Mm. Are you guys going babyface or heel? I mean, uh, uh, and Sky, definitely. I have to kick this one off with you on this one because you, you did mention good storytelling earlier. So part of good storytelling to a film definitely involves the soundtrack, I like to believe. So what would you say? Are, are you going babyface or heel to a movie or movies in general that have a horrible soundtrack to them? No, you can't. I, I got to be a heel for that. Um <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no way to baby face for that. <laughs> Life's a bunch, baby. Like the heel never fails. It never fails. <laughs> I can't. I mean, <sighs> the first thing I was thinking of was like, what are some movies with some horrible soundtracks? And then. I was like, um, Street Fighter. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, he took it back. Oh, wow. Street Fighter. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Um, because, you know, it's like you forget the ones with bad sound. Like, you, you yeah. typically remember the good stuff and you toss the bad. So it was like I had to dig for... What was the first time I experienced what is going Oh, Kung Pao. Wow. Kung but you know what? I didn't I didn't realize it was a comedy movie when I saw it. So I was I was ready for like a real action movie and walked into Wow. A comedy kung fu flick and it, it just threw my life. <laughs> 
That makes sense. Well, brother Derek, I, I, which which day which way do you go, man? Are you are you gonna join your tag team partner, or are you gonna turn? What 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 are you feeling right now, man? Babyface or heel Listen, on movies with bad soundtracks? I've been searching for a time to actually turn on Sky. Um, <laughs> not happening though. I I I am I am going heel on this. There, <laughs> to me. <laughs> to me, you cannot have a good movie and a bad soundtrack. It just a perfect example of, of one of one of the, um movie that had an amazing soundtrack to it was Us. Um Jordan mm-hmm. that that had an amazing soundtrack to it. Um And I wanted to judge it harshly. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people did. But I really Yeah, but yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a beautiful movie. Um and the, the soundtrack to it was just spot on. So when you have a, a a really good movie, you put it like this: you cannot have a classic movie, and and have a horrible soundtrack to it. Like yeah, every, it doesn't every, exist. It doesn't exist. Every classic movie has a great soundtrack to it. And sound design. And at sound that. design. Yep, with the foley and everything. It, it it everything has to line up properly. If if you don't have it, you don't have a good movie. And and I'm I'm, even though I work more with the visual aspect, um, than than um, audio in terms of like uh, fully design and stuff like that. I've always been one that wants to have someone on set with me that is, amazing at recording audio, because if you it was just like what we were talking about earlier, if you have a good visual and then the audio is bad. You you it throws you off. So like when we were talking about earlier when when um when I was saying earlier that that the the really great camera guys that you have with sports you don't even know they're there. You just you just watching it because they're following it flawlessly, and, and it's the same type of thing with audio and video. That marriage is perfect. Like when when you have a great visual and great audio. You're gonna have a, a significantly great project, so, I yeah, I'm gonna have to go heal on it. I, I I can't, whatever has horrible sound to it, I will turn it off. Yeah, I mean, wow. Video no audio is a silent movie. A silent movie, exactly. And we all know how successful silent films were back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, try, try try going to watch one of these karate movies where the 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 um speech is f- different from what the um person is saying. Like what what you're first, reading the subtitles. <laughs> yeah. First off, first off, off dubbing is amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, go go, <laughs> it, it, go back. It is pretty amazing. Sometimes. Go back and yeah. watch it though. Some of the, a lot of those you will not like to see. Cause it's just like the audio throws you off. If you can't, if I can't hear it properly, I'm just, I'm good. I'm good on it. I've never been a fan of it. Oh man. Wow. If this wasn't a podcast and we were visual, I would totally, totally act out my best, best off audio impression for you gentlemen, because that is also a very great art to mimic in its own right. But yes, nonetheless, well, gentlemen, that, totally does it for what is probably the greatest 
babyface or heel segment of all time because this was a tag team babyface or heel segment and you guys stayed together the entire <laughs> segment there was not one disagreement not one turn none of this it is history folks you may never see this again on a dual guest show so Trust me. Remember this episode, guys. It will never probably happen again. You never know. But you know, what I'm saying, said, you know, what I'm saying, off the top rope for a three count. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. That's what we do. They hit you with the finisher and everything. Yep. Literally stringing up wins, people. Not one turn in sight. It's a beautiful thing. I very, was very beautiful. I'm gonna lie. I was searching for the turn. <laughs> That's how we much all know of a heel I love. I, I, I am. I, I that I was looking for it, but couldn't do it. He was looking. He couldn't do it, guys. Couldn't he, it. your tag team champions are right here in this segment. They are right here before you, and they have not made one turn. So that being said, gentlemen, this does it for that, that segment, and we have one more very precious segment that we love to do. This is definitely near and dear to me. It is our final thoughts. Overall, and and this is also going to be very production themed. You know, this we're going to keep it on that topic, just because this is the production episode, and so we're going to keep it on that particular topic, where normally the promo is freestyled, and it still is freestyled, but this time we're doing a little different because we have two guests. You guys are going to tag team off of each other, which you've been doing so well. You're going to tag team off of each other. You got three minutes in this promo. You're going to tag team off each other. It's going to stick to production, but you get to freestyle and rant however you want to go. Now, I'm going to give you a starting topic, and then you guys can just go all the way from there. So let's talk WWE, AEW to start off with the whole basically no arena. You know, but there's been a lot of great opinions on how one organization did it completely awkward, and the other one did it fairly well where you could actually tell the difference and realize like wow this is what you don't do with a no audience type of production and this is what you would do in a scenario with no fans in attendance to still make it feel like a true show so again that's a starting topic for you guys and then feel free to roam off any nitpick you want in any world of production that you see fit fellas are you ready Sky? Yeah. I'm here. Okay. All right. Well, I am going to start the clock. You guys have three minutes to tag team off each other and say what you feel in three, two, one, go. I mean, like, what's more awkward when you have no audience or when you have, like, two people in the audience and nobody's responding to you. I mean, <laughs> that's at least what <laughs> it felt like at AEW when they were uh, doing their podcast. Or they were doing their, I mean, it might as well have been a podcast because it's not like <laughs> there was any action going on outside. <laughs> what, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to be completely honest, man. I, I, um, I'm, almost, I'm, almost, I'm almost of the thought where shows should probably be, probably be uh, canceled if if they're not going to be able to do it the right way like WWE from what i've seen has just been trash like i don't know how i saw John Cena's entrance and that's one guy who whose entrance 
is is you know big audience um, um, incorporated, if you want to say, um, yeah. and and that was trash. It he's throwing up a towel to the camera and saying, "I miss you guys at home," and you know his forty year old body going into the into the ring. It's just weird. It's awkward all around because he's already awkward walking down the down the ramp going into the ring. So now you have no one to interact with. It's just it's trash. I'm not here yeah. for it, man. I mean, you might as well just go ahead. You know what I would actually um, prefer to see? You know how Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy do their thing in the backyard? Yeah. I would yeah. prefer to see something like that over what we've been seeing from WWE. You know, I just had a thought here, and it's funny you said the backyard, because in my mind, I was seeing uh, either locker room matches or quarantine matches. Like, yes. imagine, imagine them going into a fucking room with a padded wall and it's just like (laughs) (laughs) it's like last man standing leaves yeah like (laughs) i like that i like that you have to the now i will say this the um uh wrestlemania is going to be a very hard thing to pull off because i don't know how you do that without crowd interaction the only match, um, and uh, Dwayne and I were talking about this last night, the only match that's going to be really good to do is Edge and Randy Orton with the last man standing match. Everything else makes no sense. Everything else makes no sense to, to do without a crowd. So, I, I mean, I might just just tune in WWE, to WrestleMania just for that match because I'm a huge Edge and, and uh, Randy Orton fan. But outside of that, I might not even pay attention to it. It's it's it's, I mean, a, it's a wash for me. Yeah, I mean, I read an article that I thought was interesting, especially since it's going to be held over the course of two days. But like, it would be cool if literally all of wrestling banded together and did a huge WrestleMania event. I think that would be cold because yeah, you know, at that at that point, you could have matches on matches, and then I don't know. There's a way that you could maybe layer that into some type of multi-tournament type situation that'd be dope and and the the winner is a supreme brand I, that would work only if vince was dead i mean it didn't even have to be like a, a supreme <laughs> brand type situation just just like um shit the way we did like spring break back in the day remember mtv mm-hmm. just like ran spring break for like <laughs> yeah like all their programming yeah it would be like that type of situation where you're getting interviews you're getting and everything wrestling in that weekend with WrestleMania. So that way it's not just the action. You get, you know, a, a total experience as a fan. I think that'd be dope. And that be. time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this tag team, it can't be beat. It literally cannot be beat. This right here <laughs> is exactly how you do a duel three-minute promo. So, ladies and gentlemen, that just about does it for what has been a very informal, entertaining, and highly nitpicky edition (laughs) of Life of Box. That's how we do it. Brothers, thank you guys so, so much for being a part of yet another hard-hitting, serious-delivering episode of Life a botch. And fans, listeners, I sure hope you have been entertained out there as you're listening, because again, what quarantine? 
We're here to keep you entertained. That's what we do here. That's why we are here. So as you're listening, just take note of what you got and what you received today and be motivated. Work hard and don't put out trash or else these brothers, these brothers (laughs) will definitely come back for you and you won't like what you hear, believe you me. Therefore, brothers, gentlemen, by all means, please tell them where they can find you, follow you, and reach you when they need to reach you. Well, brother, I'll tell you like this. You can find me at Whirlwind Arts. W-A-H-I-R-L-W-I-N-D-A-R-T-S. And that's where all the action happens, Captain. And for all those who want to know what my name is, it's Skywind. And this is the end. (laughs) Oh, excellent execution, brother. Oh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Yes. That's how we do it on this show. Brother Derek, go ahead for the tag. Tell them where they can find you. I'm going to tell you what, I cannot follow that up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Man, shoot. Uh, Yeah, Derek underscore OTS. Um, uh, OTS guys, at OTS guys. Um, Follow us and and look for uh, the website as well, OTSguys.com. You can find all the podcasts, Life's a Botch included right there. Um, You can find all the podcasts, articles, everything, all news updates up on that website. And, uh, you know, get at us from there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Benny Mac here. And I'm just here to tell you that even with the show of WrestleMania as it's going on, you can follow the Life's a Botch podcast at Life's a Botch podcast on all things Life's a Botch Follow the Facebook group and make sure that you join in and talk lots of trash because you know I am out of touch and I can't put on a good show that I like to say is (laughs) good-ish. And for you fellow listeners out there that enjoy interaction, life's a botch now has a telephone line that you can call and text with your thoughts and concerns and complaints. 770-572-7163. Call now for ruthless aggression. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here, heard it here first from Vinny Back himself. Life's a botch. We have a telephone line now, people. That's right. You, yes, you can now be a part of the show. Be sure that you call in. And uh, yeah, that about does it for this edition of the Life's a Botch podcast. Until the next time, you already know my one true favorite line. Here we go. Peace.